You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning, and welcome back to the All About Real Estate Edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Todd Schnick. But first, we'd like to kick things off by thanking New American Funding for being our 2021 show sponsor, our 11th year on air. So I'm very excited about today's guest. She is our adventurer, and she is the president of a company, and she's a repeat guest. So I'll just jump in and welcome Lisa Simmons, president of Beacon Management Services, once again to Atlanta Real Estate Forum. Lisa, go ahead and jump in and tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background. My name is Lisa, as Carol said, and I'm the president of Beacon Management Services. We're a 10-year-old real estate management firm based in Atlanta, Georgia. We manage property all over now the state of Georgia in every county virtually now. And primarily we manage homeowner associations, community associations, condominium associations, mixed-use developments, some commercial property, and more and more we're getting outreach from apartment and multifamily developers. So that's a new and exciting new feature of our service offering. Well, congratulations on all that. Yeah, with with apartments, you know, Atlanta is building apartments like nobody's business, and we're interested in that market segment. So we've gotten some really good leads on that, and we'll have something to announce hopefully by the end of this year. You always have something cool to announce. So not surprised to hear that. Uh, 10 years, I didn't realize you've been around that long. I, uh, that's uh, it's exciting. And now you said you're kind of covering virtually every corner of the state of Georgia. So that's great news. Talk about why you have achieved that level of success. I mean, you've had a good run, certainly the last several years. Uh, why are you guys achieving that? I think it's a combination of the fact that this is a really good market for development, home building, and we managed to capitalize on that with great managers, great service. We're astute financially. We are really, we've grown with Atlanta and we've grown organically. So we haven't had to do a lot of marketing, so to speak, and a lot of advertising. It's been word of mouth. So our customers are our best form of advertising. They're the ones that give us the referrals. They're the ones that give us leads and tell us who to contact. So it's just been a really healthy and organic way to grow. And we've done so, I think, you know, fairly dramatically. It's been double digit growth since 2011. Wow. Well, that is certainly impressive. So I know one of the things that you all do and do very well is set up HOAs. And I guess I'm just curious, you know, when a builder's in the process or a developer's in the process of setting up that new community and setting up the HOA, when should Beacon come in? What's the best timing for that? We can come virtually at any time, but ideally we'd like to come in at the very beginning of before they start construction so that we can review the documents with the builder and their attorney or their other team members. And that would guide them on the best practices, best policies for that particular development. If that has already occurred and the documents have already been created, then of course we can work with those. It's just a it's just a matter of when we're introduced to that builder in that community. 
integrating with that team has got to be a critical component, particularly that sales team. I mean, talk about how that works and why that's so important for you to be almost an adjunct member of that team. The sales team is critically important, and we're, we make a very concerted effort to introduce ourselves to the sales team and visit them routinely when we're out on the property. They're our eyes and our ears in the community. They know what's happening on the ground and when we can't always be there. And so that kind of intelligence gives us the background and information we need to better serve our clients and also our developers. So I used to be an on-site salesperson for a couple of builders. So I really understand that role and the importance of that role. And, you know, frankly, sales agents are there to sell homes. They're not there to necessarily understand every aspect of a homeowner association and the legal aspects of it. There's a lot to it. So we don't expect all of our sales agents to know that. We like to inform them and train them and appear at their sales meetings and give them some tips and things like that. But we want to be their resource. We want to be their partner and we want to help them as much as we can because the end result is that they sell homes more quickly than the builder's happy and the developer's happy and then everybody's happy. So we view our relationship as a partnership with them. Well, speaking of partnerships, you have been supporting Blaze Sports for quite a while. Talk about your commitment to Blaze Sports and what drew you to them in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful organization for those folks who aren't familiar with it. You can look them up, blazesports.org. They're um, the legacy organization of the Paralympic Games that, have, that were here in 1996. So they serve physically challenged youth, young people, veterans, children. I mean, they're really specifically targeting those age groups. And it's a remarkable organization. I discovered them three years ago just because I was interested in perhaps, you know, doing a fundraiser in conjunction with my hike across the Grand Canyon. And I just stumbled upon them. Uh, met the executive director, went to a few of their track and field practices, just really immediately gravitated towards their mission and they're helping those folks. And so we just formed a partnership, so to speak. It's a, It's been a beautiful thing. And part of my goal when I hike is I'm always thinking in the back of my mind, how much money have we raised? How much have we, how much can we help some of these kids? Because you know, coronavirus has really hurt the nonprofit sector and play sports was no different. So helping them meet their budgetary guidelines and, and their budget shortfalls when they have those has really been meaningful and important to me. Well, we're obviously familiar with play sports because of, uh, of our friendship with you and having you on the show multiple times over the years, talking about your latest adventures and your latest hikes in support of Blaze and and I know that they're grateful for your support and, and your devotion to what they're doing. And, and they are a, an amazing organization. We kind of get to live vicariously through you <laughs> in, in all your adventures in support of, of their uh, critical, critically important work. So speaking of adventures, it's rare to actually get you on the ground. Normally you are, you're well above 15,000 feet. So uh, the most recent adventure, if I'm recalling, if I can keep the map correct, is Machu Picchu. Uh, down in the uh, in now in Peru, uh, so that is, that's an amazing uh, accomplishment. Talk about that whole adventure. Well, it's 
once in a lifetime kind of a place. Yeah. I, I really went into that that hike. And, and let me say, you know, I had another hike planned. It was canceled because of lingering COVID issues in Russia. And I couldn't go. This is the second year in a row I couldn't take this particular hike. I was really bummed about it. And I said, well, I got to go somewhere. You know, I can't not go somewhere. So I found the Inca Trail, the Machu Picchu hike. So I signed up immediately. I was like the last person to get a spot. Their tourism down there has dwindled down to nothing and they've reopened the country. And, you know, so virtually no one was there on the trail. It was kind of startling, actually, because normally on these bigger hikes, you see other groups, you see other people hiking, but we saw no one. I mean, it was like you're in the middle of nowhere and you see no one. But anyway, I ended up being so pleasantly surprised and pleasantly just surpassed every expectation. It was absolutely remarkable. Machu Picchu is gorgeous. I can't say enough good things about it. The people of Peru, fantastic. The Inca Trail, just remarkable. It's just something about it. It's very special. So I would definitely go back. I would definitely go back. And I would encourage everybody to go to Machu Picchu. I really would. I've heard amazing things about it. Uh, Congratulations on your successful endeavoring of that mountain. So that's a a great accomplishment. And the photos you sent are stunning. So we will make sure to share those with the blog post that goes along with this, that people can see Um, all the different adventures. Yeah, good. I mean, it's uh, visually, it's stunning. The Andes Mountains are, it's like a, it's very tropical in certain parts and very cold in certain parts, depending on the elevation. And I was in all of it. I was in a like, sort of like a jungle atmosphere for part of it. Very hot, very humid very tropical. And then we'd hike a few thousand feet in freezing cold temperature. The last night I was there, it was 10 degrees in our tent and there was icicles, there was ice forming on the tent and it was absolutely freezing. So, you know, so the diversity of the terrain and the atmosphere is really something else. It's just beautiful. And the Inca people, I learned so much about the history of Peru. That's, that's the other amazing thing about these hikes is you really get into the culture of the people. You understand their culture better. You make friends along the way. Well, I got to think, I mean, you've been doing a lot of this. I mean, you've been scaling some really impressive things over the last several years. And, and, and I imagine you get to a point where, all right, well, I scaled another mountain. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's worthy endeavor and worth doing. But what I have to think after all that, What's become more rewarding is diving into the culture around mm-hmm. these different locations. I mean, that's got to ultimately be the bigger pleasure of these adventures is really getting into that side of it. You are absolutely right because go down there. You don't, I didn't, I'm sorry. I just didn't know that much about where I was traveling to. Shame on me. But I came away with such a uh, renewed appreciation for humanity and what people are struggling with. I mean, we, we're, we've all struggled with the after effects of COVID, got it, but not nearly to the degree that tourism-based countries like Peru and Africa have. Their economy has been decimated by COVID because they're so heavily oriented toward tourism. And so I saw some of that, my travels, I saw that. 
And our guide, who's a local woman, she was phenomenal. She's one of the few female guides in all of Peru, college-educated, bilingual, owns her own wow. company, a female guide. It takes seven years for someone to get certified to become a guide. Wow. And she's one of the in all of Peru. But anyway, she really shared with us the struggles that they've gone through because people aren't traveling like they used to. And so... I really encourage everybody, you know, get COVID test and you can get on down to Peru. You can fly from Miami to Lima in six hours and be down there. That's how quick it is. The flight's not bad at all. So, and it's a beautiful country. It's beautiful. People are friendly. It's relatively inexpensive to travel there and stay there. Food's fantastic. A uh, lot of great hiking, just fantastic. But the culture is amazing. Really, it, it has a very rich culture dating back to the 1400s when the Incas were a major force and they dominated Peru and most of South America until the Spanish arrived. <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic trip. And they're really, they're really concerned about the environment and trekking responsibly, not leaving any trace. So there was that, you know, that sustainability factor, which I like. I don't like going and, re- you know, letting people know that we were there. I, I really like that sustainability factor. Yeah. Fast credit approvals, accelerated loan processing, expedited underwriting. Call your new American funding loan officer today to get pre-qualified. For more information, call New American Funding at 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Well, kudos to you for uh, making it to the summit of another mountain. And kudos for your achieving your goal. You've raised $70,000 for Blaze Sports so far over the past several years. That is incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much to you, Carol, because you were one of my my donors. And I I really appreciate what you've done with your the publicity, the donations, everything you've done to been a big help. Well, happy to help. It's for a very worthwhile cause. Can you talk a little bit about how Blaze Sports uses the funds? Yes, they are a nonprofit, as we said, and they have a lot of folks, a lot of kids, young adults and veterans who have physical disabilities, but they want to participate in sports. They want to compete in wheelchair basketball or track and field or tennis. You name it. There are, I think, about 40 different programs. And Blaze Sports provides the equipment, the sports programs, the training, the coaching, in some cases, the travel to and from the various locations, the venues. I think they've got two alumni of of Blaze Sports that have gone on to the Paralympic Games or have qualified for the Junior Olympics. So they've got a very solid program run by professional sports athletes and sports psychologists. You know, they've got this great board of directors. So the money that I've raised and people have contributed to have been specifically for their summer camp, which is a two-week-long camp that children can go to. Usually it's children and young adults that they can go to and just have a normal summer camp experience. 
you know, like when you're a kid, you just want to get off and play and have fun and be with your friends and, and be away from mom and dad and that sort of thing. And they have so much overwhelming need sending these kids to camp. And a lot of folks just can't afford to send their children to camp. They can't afford the equipment. They just can't afford it because of COVID or what have you. So we've made up the budget shortfall for that particular program. And it's one of their most popular programs. So I think we've sent about 250 children now onto camp. And it's delightful to see them. That's very impressive. That is very impressive. And again, Congratulations on all that and, and congratulations to Blaze Sports for the impact that they're having on all these lives. And, and one thing you learn through interacting with all these cultures and one thing we've all learned in dealing with pandemics is that we, we all need to get together and do good things like this. And, and it's what really truly matters at the end of the day. So uh, this is all good stuff. All right. Well, so what mountain are you going to next? Sounds like um, we're going to Argentina is the next big adventure. If I'm saying this right, a Congagua. Uh, in the Andes. That's, uh, <laughs> I keep thinking, all right, she's done all the cool peaks. Nah, this one's going to be pretty fascinating as well, huh? This is a very significant hike for me. This is the second of my seven summits. And the seven summits are the tallest mountain on every continent, okay? Many that, of you, that you've heard of, like Kilimanjaro in Africa. Most people have never heard of a Congagua. I didn't hear about it until last year. You know, I just wasn't thinking about it like that. And it came available. The country of Argentina has opened up their hiking window for this particular peak six weeks. Normally they're open, I think, eight or nine months of the year. Okay. And they're extremely busy. They've reduced and compressed that time to six weeks. So you've got, we've got a window of January the 25th to mid-February and that's it. So I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know how crowded it's going to be. I have no idea. But we've had to scramble to readjust our plans. Anywho, it's the tallest mountain in South America, and it's the tallest mountain in the Western Hemisphere. It's 22,000 feet and change, the second highest peak um, of the seven summits next to Mount Everest. It's very, from what I understand, very windy. (laughs) Everything I read about this, area of Argentina, and this is part of the Andes Mountains, so this is a bookend for me, is that they have voracious winds on this mountain. And sometimes you can see them spiraling at the top, so windy that sometimes you can't summit. I hope it's not like that. I really do. But, you know, what are you going to do? You can't got to, you know, handle it. So we're leaving. I'm leaving with, I think, about 15 men. And one other woman. This is not typically a hike, a trek that um, women do. That's what my guide told me. And this particular trek that we're going on is mostly all men. And I don't know any of them. And I don't even know the woman that's going to. <laughs> so <laughs> very, very interesting. It's going to be long, too. It's going to be 21 days. Wow. And we're starting from the very bottom and going to the top. So we have to acclimate uh, at certain points along the way. Anyway, pray for me. Send me your, your good thoughts because I'm Absolutely. Need- well, 22,000 gonna- feet and change. That's going to be quite an adventure. Yeah. Uh, congratulations and, uh, on the courage that it takes to, 
to dive into that. Uh, and, and I, and, and we don't have time to really get into it, but there's a lot of preparation yeah. that goes on into that. I mean, uh, like any kind of trip, yeah. that's probably part of the fun too, is kind of thinking about it and preparing and planning and all that. Uh, and I, and as you said, you never know what's going to happen when you get there, uh, uh, right. which probably adds a little bit of the thrill to it as well. Well, it was stressful getting down to Peru. I got to tell you, they, they delayed, they wouldn't let me get on the flight to Lima because they said my COVID test wasn't valid. So I spent the night Miami airport by myself and then caught up with my group the next day. I was a day behind the hike and I literally hiked my butt off to catch up the group because they were already at camp one. It was crazy. It was a crazy two days and very stressful, but made it and then went on with the trip. So to your point, yes, anything can happen and it usually does. So you just got to, you got to roll with it. You know, you just got to roll with it. And not get really weirded out about it. You just have to expect the unexpected. And when you look back on a successful adventure, that those are usually the stories you tell is, is how you overcame the, the unexpected challenges. So it makes a party conversation. Yep, yep. Well, and I'd rather be alone on the summit of, of the Andes Mountains than than in the Miami airport anyway. So um <laughs> All right. Well, goodness, I wish we could spend more time diving into some of these great adventures of yours. And someday we'll talk about the Everest expedition. That'll be a fun conversation. Before we let you go today, uh, I wonder if you could do two things for me. Uh, For those that are now curious and want to learn more about Blaze Sports, where do they go to get information about them? And then obviously, how can people find you and and Beacon Management? Blaze Sports can be found at blazesports.org. It's B-L-A-Z-E-S-P-O-R-T-S.org. They have all kinds of great information and a donation page. It's great. So you'll learn so much about that organization from their new website. And Beacon Management Services is also online, obviously, and it's beaconmanagementservices.com. Um, and you'll see all about Beacon and our history and our senior management team and the services that we offer. And please do call us because we'd love to help any way that we can and give you our, uh, our background. So look forward to speaking to anybody that calls us. All right. Lisa Simmons, the president of Beacon Management Services. Lisa, as always, great to have you. Congratulations on all your successful adventures and good luck on this upcoming one in January. That's going to be a fun story to hear about when you get back. All right. That wraps this week's All About Real Estate Edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. That's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We'll look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. 
Check out the radio show by visiting AtlantaRealEstateForum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.